stress. For most of us, it's just a normal part of life, right? We spend a good chunk of our weeks feeling stretched to the max and overwhelmed by the sheer number of tasks still left undone on that never-ending list of things to do. Half the time, we're running on adrenaline and can't turn off our brain, and the other half, we just want to crawl into a ball and veg out to get away from the constant flow of thoughts and worries and things we need to get take care of. And if you're feeling this way right now, I promise you, you are definitely not alone. But just because all this ongoing stress and anxiety is common doesn't make it okay. In fact, when it comes to our health, chronic stress is actually pretty devastating because high cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, can set off a chain reaction of hormonal imbalance in our bodies that affects everything else that we do. And so it sort of begs the question, exactly how stressed are you, really? Should you be concerned? How do you know if your cortisol is too high? And what can you do about it? That's exactly what we're talking about today. Welcome to the Feel Better Live Free podcast brought to you by Thinlicious. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and here we'll talk about everything from the science of weight loss to practical tips for making your health a priority in the midst of a busy life. It's a little bit nerdy, a little bit funny, and a little bit revolutionary. So buckle up, friend, because it's about to get real. Hey there, and welcome back to the Feel Better Live Free podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of Thinlicious and the creator of the Thin Adapted System, as well as the New York Times bestselling author of seven books. And let me tell you, today's topic is definitely one that hits home for me, because if you've been around for a while, this probably won't come as a huge shock to you, but I tend to be a little bit or a lot type A when it comes to, well, everything. I love setting big goals and I love achieving big goals. And that has actually opened up the opportunity to do some pretty cool stuff in my life. I own three separate companies, which means leading three different teams. And I've written a bunch of books and I've given a TED Talk. And I'm also a mom of two teenagers, which frankly is a whole different level of stress most of the time. So I get it. I get what it's like to feel overwhelmed and stressed out and just tired. I get what it's like to have a hard time sleeping because you can't turn off your brain. I get what it's like to not have a lot of energy or to feel like you're constantly running on empty. I get what it's like to feel like you're doing everything right, and yet you still can't seem to lose weight. And honestly, that's why I have become so obsessed with helping women just like me get healthy from the inside out. It's why I started Thinlicious in this podcast in the first place. Because if you've heard me share my story before, you know that I struggled with my weight for a really long time, like literally for years. All those years, I was working so hard to grow my business and traveling and setting all these big goals for myself. The one goal that I couldn't ever seem to make happen was my goal to lose weight and get healthy. And it wasn't that I didn't try. Oh my gosh, I tried so hard in so many different ways because I'm not an unmotivated person, right? I'm not lazy. I'm not afraid of hard work. And so I'd find another program, yet another diet, yet another meal plan. I paid for personal training. I paid for food delivery. I even paid for stupid things like cool sculpting. And Ozempic wasn't around back then, but let me tell you, if it had been, I would have been first in line for those drugs, no matter how much they cost, because I was desperate. And honestly, I was embarrassed. It was humiliating to have so much success as an entrepreneur, but then 
always feel like I was the big girl anytime I would show up for a conference or an event where it felt like all the other women there, all these other business owners were like size zero supermodels. And I was, I'm so tall. And then I was big. And it really, it started to affect my confidence, honestly, to the point where I finally just started hiding. I didn't want to be seen. I stopped traveling. I stopped speaking. I stopped saying yes to media opportunities. I stopped posting on social media. And then COVID happened. And all of a sudden, everybody was hiding out. So it wasn't just me. And all of a sudden, the pressure to travel and to put myself out there was totally gone. And maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but honestly, it felt so freeing when that happened. And yes, it was terrible for lots of reasons, but the pressure that I had been feeling for so many years was finally gone. And for the first time since I had started my business in 2010, I wasn't caught up in this endless hustle and I wasn't stressed out all the time. And like basically everybody else in America, I spent two months cuddled up in bed with my husband and my kids and the dog and we binge watched Netflix. I think we we probably watched like all 17 seasons of Hell's Kitchen but we were social distancing and that's what you were supposed to do, right? And then eventually we got a little bored and we started coming out of our little cocoon and we started connecting with our neighbors and we started getting to know the people on our street and I guess started building our little COVID bubble. And I started hosting this little neighborhood gathering every week for the people that were in our bubble. We called it Teeny Tuesday and everyone would bring a dish to share and I would make martinis and it was so much fun. And honestly, it was something that I would have never done, I think, had it not been for that crazy time of life, right? We probably never experienced anything like that before. Hopefully, we never will again. But there was something during that time where life was just a lot simpler. There was so much more time to just be. Does that make sense? And I don't think it's a coincidence that it wasn't until then that I was finally able to be successful with losing weight. And yes, I did a lot of things differently than I had ever done before, right? I actually did a ton of research into the science of weight loss to figure out why I was struggling so much and all the things that make us gain weight in the first place. And I started understanding things like insulin resistance and hormonal imbalance and gut health and all the stuff that I've talked about many times before on this podcast. But when I look back, I also realized that I had drastically lowered my cortisol without even trying to or without even realizing it. Because the reality is that for women, especially women over 40, losing weight is hard, right? It's The deck is already stacked against us between the damage that's been done by a lifetime of eating this crappy standard American diet and then all the hormonal changes that start happening as we get older. So then when you throw in the chronic stress and the elevated cortisol, to the mix, it's almost like it's the perfect storm. And it's hard to fight back against all of that, especially if you're still following the same old diet advice that tells you to just cut back on calories and to eat less and to exercise more, because in case you're not aware, uh, that doesn't work, right? Successful weight loss has nothing to do with calories. It's all about hormones. And that's why today I want to specifically talk about one hormone in particular that has a huge impact on the way that we feel and the way that our bodies function. And that is the hormone cortisol. Because when your cortisol levels get out of control, and believe me, this is something that happens to all of us at one point or another, it can have a devastating impact on your health and your well-being. And that's why it's so important to understand some of the big warning signs that your cortisol is higher than it should be. 
But before we talk about those things to watch out for, I think there's just like, let's just back up and talk about a few things you need to understand about cortisol. First, if you're new here, or if this is the first time you've ever really dived into the world of hormones, then you might not even realize that cortisol, maybe you've heard that, that about cortisol, right? Oh, people talk about stress. Oh, my cortisol is so high, right? You might not realize that cortisol is a hormone and not just any hormone, but what is often referred to as the stress hormone. It's the hormone that our bodies produce in response to stress. And basically, it's designed to help us deal with that stress. It helps to regulate our blood pressure and our blood sugar. It helps to reduce inflammation. It helps to regulate our metabolism and our immune system. And it also helps us to deal with those kind of fight or flight responses that we experience when we're under stress. And in and of itself, that is not a bad thing, right? That's that's the way our bodies are designed to work. It's actually a very good thing because that's how our bodies were designed to deal with stress. Back in caveman times when we were being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, this is the hormone that would have helped us either to fight the tiger or run away from it, hence the name fight or flight response, right? But the problem is that in today's world, We're not usually being chased by tigers, but we have all this stress. In fact, our stress is worse because it's not just physical stress. It's mental stress and emotional stress. We have stress at work. We have stress in our relationships. We have stress from our finances or from our kids or from our health. We have stress from the constant barrage of information that's coming at us 24-7 from phones and social media and email and stress from all those things we see happening in the world around us. And that's a lot, right? And so what happens is that all of this stress causes our cortisol levels to go up. And in the short term, if you're being chased by a tiger, that's okay, right? Our bodies were designed to handle short-term stress. But the problem is that for most of us, the stress is basically just constant. And that means that our cortisol levels stay elevated all the time. And that's where the problems start to happen. Because when your cortisol levels stay elevated for a long period of time, It has a really negative impact on your health. It leads to things like anxiety and depression and fatigue. It causes you to gain weight or it makes it harder for you to lose weight. It leads to digestive problems or heart disease or diabetes or blood pressure. It can wreak havoc with your sleep and your immune system. It can cause your hair to fall out. It can cause your skin to break out, your face to puff up, right? It can make you lose your sex drive and for your periods to become irregular or even stop altogether. And those are just the things that we can see because the even bigger problem with high cortisol is that it can often mask other hormone problems because it's so interconnected with all the other hormones in your body. And that's what a lot of times people don't understand is that all of our hormones work together in this very delicate balance. So if your cortisol is out of whack, it can throw everything else out of whack too. And that's why it's so important to get your cortisol levels under control because When you do that, it has a domino effect on the other hormones in your body. It's like pulling the key piece out of a puzzle. Suddenly, it starts to fit together better, and your body can start to heal itself from the inside out. So that's a little background on what cortisol is and why it's important. And I guess the other thing you need to understand is that there are actually tests that you can do to find out what your cortisol levels are and whether or not they're in a healthy range. Sometimes your doctors will do those automatically. Not always. Sometimes you have to ask for them. And if you're really struggling with some of the symptoms that we're going to talk about in a minute, then you may want to consider getting a test. But the reality is for most people, just taking a look at the symptoms of high cortisol is a really good starting point. Because when you understand what to look for, it becomes pretty obvious what's going on inside your body. 
So with that said, let's talk about some of the most common signs that your cortisol levels may be too high. So sign number one is that you're always tired, but you can't sleep, right? That's fatigue. This is a very obvious sign, right? That you've got fatigue, not just regular fatigue, but the kind of fatigue where you feel like you're just constantly exhausted no matter how much sleep you get. Or maybe you're having a hard time sleeping at all because you just can't turn off your brain. And that's because one of the ways that cortisol affects our bodies is by regulating what's called the circadian rhythm, basically the internal clock that tells our bodies when to sleep and when to wake up. When our cortisol levels are in balance, they should be highest in the morning to help wake us up and then gradually decrease during the day so that by nighttime we're ready to go to sleep. But when your cortisol levels are too high, especially in the evening, it can make it really hard for you to fall asleep or stay asleep which then leads to even more fatigue during the day, which then leads to even higher cortisol levels, and it becomes this sort of vicious cycle that's really hard to break. So being always tired, that is sign number one, big one. Sign number two is that you're gaining weight, especially around your middle. And this is because when your cortisol levels are too high, it can cause your body to release more insulin, which then leads to insulin resistance and higher blood sugar levels, which then leads to even more weight gain. And all this can happen even if you think you're eating a healthy diet and exercising regularly. Basically, you think you're doing all the right things, but your cortisol levels are totally throwing everything out of whack, right? The insulin resistance, and we've talked about insulin resistance on this podcast lots of times before, but the insulin and the cortisol work together hand in hand. So if one is screwed up, then the other one's screwed up, and then that causes the other one to be screwed up, right? They they play off of each other, and that's a really big deal. But the big symptom of that is weight gain right around the middle. So the third sign that your cortisol levels may be too high is not surprisingly that you're always feeling stressed out, right? Now, this might seem obvious since we've been talking about how cortisol is the stress hormone, but here's the thing. Cortisol is actually what's known as an inflammatory hormone. And that means that when it's too high, it can actually cause more inflammation in the body. And that inflammation can show up in a lot of different ways. It can show up as anxiety or depression or brain fog. It can show up as digestive problems or heartburn or acid reflux. It can show up as chronic pain or headaches or even migraines. It can show up as high blood pressure or high cholesterol. It can show up as allergies or asthma or skin rashes or even eczema right? Inflammation is really, really bad. And it's the thing that's causing all these other things. But what you'll feel is stress, right? You actually literally feel it. When you say you feel stressed, it is a physical feeling. It's not just an emotional one. So if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it's a likely sign that your cortisol levels are too high and the inflammation that you're experiencing is a result of that. The fourth sign is a big one too, right? Your sex drive. Sex drive disappears. And this is really big for women, right? For men, not quite as much, although it can be. Um, But especially for women, another common sign of high cortisol is a decrease in your sex drive. And that's because when your cortisol levels are too high, it's throwing all those other hormones out of whack, including your estrogen and your progesterone, which are the hormones that regulate your menstrual cycle, but also your libido, and so not, not only can high cortisol levels lead to a decreased sex drive, they can also cause your periods to become irregular or even stop altogether, right? And that's not good. We want to keep your period regular for as long as we possibly can. So that's sign number four, no sex drive, 
right? (laughs) Sign number five is that you're always hungry and not just for healthy food, right? That you just want all the things. Have you ever noticed that, right? When you're feeling stressed out, all you want to do is eat. And that's because high cortisol levels can also cause you to have this insatiable appetite, especially for unhealthy foods. And that's because cortisol actually affects the part of your brain that controls hunger and cravings. So when your cortisol levels are too high, it's making it really hard for you to resist those not-so-healthy foods. And then, of course, there's all the emotional stuff that goes along with it and the emotional eating. And we've I've done a podcast episode on that, so if you want to go listen to that one, um, it, it's really interesting of all the stuff that happens in our brain, right? But that's that's what's happening too. It's making you crave crave those unhealthy foods even more. But the problem is that those unhealthy foods just make your cortisol levels even higher. And so then again, you're getting caught in this horrible cycle of stress and cravings and more stress. Another common sign of high cortisol, and this is a hard one, especially for women, (laughs) is hair loss and acne. And that's because cortisol can actually cause your hair follicles to go into what's called a resting phase, which then leads to hair loss or thinning. And it can also cause your skin to produce more oil, which then leads to acne and breakout. And while that might seem like a small thing, um, it's not a small thing, obviously, right? Anybody who's experienced that, especially for women, if you've experienced skin issues or losing your hair, it has a huge impact on the way that you feel about yourself and your self-confidence. So that's sign number six, hair loss. Sign number seven is that you have a hard time getting motivated. It's just like no matter what you do, you just can't seem to get yourself moving, right? That is a very clear sign that your cortisol levels might be really high. And that's because while cortisol is often associated with stress, it's also the hormone that helps to regulate our motivation and our drive. So when your cortisol levels are too high, It actually makes it really hard for you to get going or to feel motivated to do anything. And obviously that's a problem because when you don't have motivation, it's hard to make any progress, not just in getting healthy, but really in anything that you want to accomplish in life. So those are kind of the big seven signs, right? The, the, that your cortisol levels may be too high fatigue and difficulty sleeping, unexpected weight gain, feeling stressed out and inflamed, decreased sex drive, irregular periods insatiable hunger and food cravings, hair loss and acne, and a loss of motivation. And while it's not unusual for any of us to experience one or two of these symptoms from time to time, right? Like we've all we've all had at least a few of those every once in a while. If you're experiencing several of them all at once, right? As if I was going through those and you're like, yep, check, 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 right? Then it's probably a good sign that your cortisol levels are out of whack. And that means that it's time to start doing something about it. So then that, of course, begs the question, what can you do, right? What can you do about it? Well, the good news is that there's actually a lot that you can do to help get your cortisol levels back into a healthy range. And while it's not always easy, especially if you've been dealing with high cortisol for a really long time, the reality is that it's very possible to reverse the damage that's been done and to start feeling better and to start feeling more balanced. But here's what I want you to understand, right? It does take time and it does require making some changes in your life and actually being consistent with those changes. Because, and I say this a lot, right? Your body is not a light switch. It's not something you can just turn off or on whenever you feel like. How you got to where you are right now did not happen overnight. The chronic stress that you're feeling has been a culmination of so many things. 
And it's not just going to turn off just because you decide you want it to, right? Your body is a complex system of interconnected processes and hormones, and they all work best when they're working together. So anytime you're trying to heal your body and get your hormones back into balance, you have to take this sort of holistic approach. You can't just focus on healing your adrenals or changing your diet or losing weight. You have to sort of focus on all of it because it's all interconnected. You have to look at what you're putting into your body as well as what you're doing with your body. You have to look at what you're putting into your mind as well as what you're doing with your mind. You have to look at what you're doing for your spirit as well as what you're doing for your relationships and your social life. Everything matters. It's all connected. And honestly, I think that can feel a little overwhelming at first. In fact, if you're a, if you're a type A person like me, you can actually stress yourself out about being stressed. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I got to do all this stuff to be not so stressed because I'm so stressed out. And that is definitely a counterproductive approach. And so even though there's like a holistic approach you want to take, it's still important to take things one step at a time. And you know I say this all the time, but big goals never happen all at once. They are only the result of small steps taken consistently over time. So with that said, here are five things that you can start doing relatively quickly to help get your cortisol levels back into the healthy range. So first, it's important to start by just being aware of your cortisol levels, right? Like I mentioned at the beginning, there are actually tests that you can take to find out what your cortisol levels are and whether or not they're in the healthy range. So if you really are struggling with some of these symptoms, you might want to consider getting tested. And you can go to your doctor for this, but honestly, a lot of doctors don't really know what to do with this information. So that's why I usually recommend working with a functional medicine doctor or finding a naturopath in your area. Right? Find somebody who's going to take a more holistic approach because that's really what this needs. You can also order testing kits online, and there are more and more online functional health clinics that are opening up all the time. So that might be something to look into if you cannot find a functional doctor in your area. But I 100% recommend don't go to just a traditional doctor who's going to just try and prescribe some stuff right, or put you on anti-anxiety medicines. That's like masking. It's putting a Band-Aid on it. Find someone who's going to treat you from a holistic perspective. But really, that's the first step, awareness. The second thing that you're going to want to do is focus on reducing inflammation in your body. And that's because, like I said, inflammation and high cortisol levels usually go hand in hand. And honestly, the best way to do this is to start changing the way that you eat. Because frankly, if your diet right now is basically the standard American diet that we've all grown up on, which is high in sugar and high in processed foods and high in carbohydrates, you are just making the problem so much worse. And and But here's what I want to say. Please understand this, right? Please understand that when I say change the way you eat, I am not talking about going on a diet, right? Going on yet another diet plan and trying to cut your calories or count your points or whatever. And honestly, I think that this is this is the thing that makes our TAS program so different and so easy to follow and so easy to stick with long term for life because it's not a diet. There is no deprivation. It's not about it's not about cutting back on calories. It's just about eating the right foods, the nutrient dense proteins and the healthy fats that are going going to nourish your body and make you feel good while at the same time balancing your hormones and healing your gut. Weight loss is just a side effect, right? It's just the added bonus. And it is a huge bonus because the weight comes off effortlessly 
when you start eating the right things that are healing your body from the inside out. So that's the second big step. You got to change the way that you eat to reduce inflammation and rebalance your hormones. The third thing is to make sure that you're getting plenty of high quality sleep. And I know that this can be easier said than done, especially when you're feeling stressed out and exhausted, but there are a lot of things that you can do to help improve your sleep. We even have an episode just on sleep. So go and listen to that one. But First and foremost, you're going to want to make sure that you're creating a good sleep environment. That means keeping your bedroom cool and dark, that you're avoiding screens for at least an hour before bedtime. Several hours is even better. You could try incorporating relaxation techniques like deep breathing or meditation before bed, and then making sure that you're getting enough exercise throughout the day to help you sleep better at night. But sleep really does have a big impact, so take it seriously. And then along those lines, the fourth thing that you can do is try to get more physical activity. And this one is actually a little bit tricky because exercise can actually raise your cortisol if it's the wrong exercise. So let me be clear. I am not talking about forcing yourself to go to the gym or do a bunch of strenuous stuff that you hate. That is not going to lower your cortisol. It's going to raise your cortisol, right? (laughs) So instead, Try to find things that you actually enjoy and look forward to doing, even if it's not real exercise, right? I'm putting that in air quotes that you can't see right now. But I think like we ha- we put so much pressure on ourselves to do like hardcore things, right? But those actually make you feel more stressed out if you don't enjoy them, especially if you don't enjoy them. Taking a leisurely walk outside has so many incredible benefits. And I'm not talking about speed walking. I'm not talking about a power walk. I'm talking about just wandering around, ambling, right? Just doing that has so many incredible benefits for your cortisol health. You're getting the fresh air, you're enjoying nature, getting vitamin D, right? You're taking time to just think and relax and chill and be one with the world. Or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's playing with your dogs or playing with your kids or your grandkids or learning how to play pickleball or walking on the beach or maybe gardening. Although in my neighborhood, I didn't keep playing pickleball because that definitely raised my cortisol. <laughs> people people here are crazy about pickleball. So be careful about that. But I will say someday we want to have our own pickleball court in our backyard. And I think that will be a great, a great stress reliever because we won't have all the crazies who take it way too seriously. So whatever. Right. But maybe, maybe for you, it's getting chickens. I don't know. It could be anything. But think about activ- like activities that you can do that you actually enjoy, that you have fun with, that you look forward to, and get physical activity that way. They, those things all count, and they will have such a huge impact. And then finally, be sure to find ways to manage stress levels in your daily life. And this could mean things like setting boundaries and practicing self-care and finding healthy coping mechanisms for dealing with stress. It will mean making time for relaxation and maybe doing activities like meditation or yoga or journaling, and and then not being afraid to seek support from friends or family or even a therapist if you need to, right? Like there's all different ways that you can do this. Managing stress is an ongoing process, and it's really important to find what works best for you. And it's important to find things that you actually enjoy and that feel good to you. So Don't be discouraged if it takes time and experimentation to find the right balance, but do know that if you're dealing with a lot of stress right now, finding a way to manage your cortisol is going to have a bigger impact than you could probably ever imagine. All right, you guys, that is about all I have for you today. I hope that this was helpful. 
And if you know anybody who has been dealing with a lot of stress lately, please be sure to pass this episode their way. You can send them a text, you can share it on social media, whatever. But I think that this is a conversation we need to have, especially as women. And hopefully there was some, some helpful tidbits that you can start implementing right away. And then before I sign off, I did want to let you know that behind the scenes here at Thinlicious, we have been working on some very big and something very cool for our community that, oh my gosh, I am so, so excited about. Honestly, it's something that I have wanted to have for you guys since day one, since the day we launched Thinlicious, but I had no idea where to even begin with making it happen. And my team was like, nope, nope, we can't do it. But we're doing it, and suffice to say, I am pretty fired up about it, and I can't wait to spill all the beans very soon. In fact, I'm going to be doing a live announcement two weeks from today on Monday, February 19th in our Health Rebel Facebook group. So if you are not already in that group, please get in there so that you can be a part of all the excitement, so that you can watch the videos, so you can find out what's happening. Just go and search for Thinlicious on Facebook. You should see that Health Rebel group, or you can go directly to facebook.com slash groups slash Thinlicious and request to join. Also, I did want to let you know that we just did a major revamp of our free guide, our Flip the Switch guide, which is so good. It's so in-depth. I can't believe we're giving it away for free. It's, it's, It's like not a couple pages, guys. It's like 35, 40 pages, something like that. Basically explains in detail the underlying metabolic science behind our program and how it works. And it's so, so helpful. It's so eye-opening. And if you've just been, if you've been listening for a while and you've been thinking about wanting to join our program or you just want more information, then go grab that guide. You just go to thinlicious.com slash guide to grab it. Once again, that's thinlicious.com slash guide. Pretty easy. Okay. That is all I have for you today. I will see you back here very soon for another new episode.